Welcome to the Content and Media Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Content and Media team at Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Content and Media Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Henry Johnson, consultant, and Abby Burnham, associate consultant. And we're delighted today to be joined by Marianne Carpenter, Chief Innovation and Technologies Officer at Nuon Studios. Marianne has spent her career working within the content and media sector in varying roles, such as a producer, a sales manager, a head of development, a director of marketing and partnerships, and possibly most exciting, spending a long period of time as an author. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Thank you. To get us started, we always like to ask people the same thing. How and why did you first get into the content and media sector? <laughs> ah, this is the, a funny story, actually. <laughs> I was a, a, a sales exec for a, a startup in the IT at that time. I was selling um, uh, internet um, networks and uh, telephony systems for big companies. And um, my company, uh, we were sharing our offices with a, an animation producer. So he was staring at me from his desk at the end of the corridor, watching me going over and over his door or passing in front of his door each day. And I was wearing heels, so I was making some very horrible noise on the floor. And and one day he... he he asked me, uh, actually, he offered me to become his international sales director so that he could be quiet again. So <laughs> it was a joke at the beginning. But um, after uh, after one year, actually, my startup sank. And I came back and I asked him if he was still OK to hire me. And he did. So I went to the USA and to Asia as well to sell his animation catalog. And I didn't know anything about animation at that time so he he taught me everything and um and i learned and i learned and then i developed some projects and then i wrote some some and then i produced them and then i became a, a an animation producer and then and, and that was it <laughs> but at, at the very beginning it was a joke actually <laughs> Oh, no, brilliant to hear. And it's always a different answer with everyone. And I feel like it's never straightforward of I applied for a job and then I worked there. <laughs> so oh, no, brilliant to hear. And handing over to you, Abby, to talk about all things relating to the past. Yeah, thanks, Marianne. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> a really great story of how you got into, into the industry. Um, but yeah, let's talk a, a little bit more about sort of how you got to, to where you are today. Um, who or, or what would you say has been the sort of biggest influence on your career? Well, I think the, this uh, this animation producer was my, my first mentor, professional mentor. But when I was thinking about that, uh, I think that the very beginning was very earlier when, and it was my my uh, dance teacher when I was like uh, eight years old, and I was and I was a very shy young girl and and not very talented, not talented at all for dancing actually. And um, I was very boyish. I, I, I was wearing short hair. And not the kind of girl that is dancing the classical dance, etc. But um, actually, I was uh, I, I love dance, so I was in this course. And my teacher, she she told me um, 
because each year we had this end of the year show and I was so shy, but she told me something that is still in my mind. She told me that I wasn't the best dancer, but uh, she was thinking that I had a real presence and that I, I had my own talent. So she offered me to play a lot of different roles. Actually, all the, the young girls, they get one role during the show and she gave me five. So I, I was on the stage all the show, actually. And uh, it was something I didn't understand at that time. But now I understand what she was telling me. And actually what she told me that night, it gives me some confidence. And, um, and yeah, she switched on a light in me at that time. And, and after that, then I, I quit dancing and I try all of the sports, but, but um, I knew that uh, I love to be on stage and I, I love, uh, yeah, I love the light as well. And, and that I could be a leader as well, because she, that's what she told me that time. So this, it was something very small for, for, for a kid, just a talk, a very quick talk, and it has changed, I think it has changed my, my life because yeah. then I, I began trying things, even if I was not comfortable, even if I wasn't talented. Yeah, that's such a such an important lesson to learn, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. And what would you say um, uh, within your career is the achievement that you're most proud of? Well, I think I'm, I'm usually not proud of what I what I do but I'm more proud of who I am. And, but, but, but recently during, I mean, the, the past two years have been so strange that um, I knew that uh, I, was, I was good in front of adversity. I knew that, but uh, during the quarantine, I was uh, <laughs> now two years after, I, I, when I, I, I look back, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what I did because, um, this is maybe the most prolific time I had in my career. I organized uh, with our productions and legal teams, I organized all the, the rules to shoot under COVID restrictions. And it was a huge, huge work because nobody has any idea how to do that at that time. And these rules have become the French productions ones. So I was pretty proud of that. And because we could, we could relaunch the production thanks to that rules and even under COVID restrictions. And then in the meantime, um, because we had so much constraints, I, I created a new role within the company to explain how technology could help us to reinvent the way we were producing, shooting, delivering. And that, that was something pretty new in our company. So I created my role actually. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> So that, that was really cool for me because I love technology and I, I love creating and producing, of course, but I, I'm pretty um, technology lover. And, uh, and in the same time, I, I organized as well a, a contest for actors, for young talents from diversity outside from Paris. And um, we gave them the opportunity to, to get a 10 days professional training and and it worked so well that they, they get roles at the end of this training so we decided to organize this talent uh, contest each year and, and in January it's going to be the third season so I'm pretty proud of that because 
the young people we met in this contest were very well people from who had a um, very difficult uh, life i mean some of them crossed the mediterranean mediterranean sea uh, with the, their family and some of some of them lost their complete family during this trip so they were so well it, it was something very impressive to meet them and some of them were very talented so we gave them the opportunity to become a, a actor or actress and it was really yeah it, it is a super cool um, um thing that we organized I, I was not alone i was with uh, I, I worked with associations in, in the south of france for that but um yeah being part of this project was is something i'm proud of oh wow yeah no that sounds like a, an incredible project <laughs> and uh definitely gonna gonna pick your brains a little bit more on the sort of diversity and inclusion uh, side of things in in a bit um but first um yeah let's move on to, to look a little bit at the present day and and get your thoughts on what the future might hold um so i'll pass back over to henry oh no that was really inspiring to hear um, marianne and i know we're excited to dig a bit further into those topics on diversity and inclusion in a moment um but before we do discuss that the current state of the content and media industry COVID has definitely changed things everything's picking up back now but i'd like to hear your take um, what do you think is the current state of the content and media industry? Yeah, I knew everything was changing already before COVID, but it's just like something accelerated everything. And uh, and actually, because we had no choice during the during COVID, then we changed things we were trying to change for years. So um, that's why I think I say. Uh, I love COVID actually because uh, it, it has uh, accelerated accelerated everything. Um, but yeah, the main thing is the main word when I think about the current state of the content and media industry is uh, changing so fast. I mean, changing so fast that we humans uh, we are not able to adapt to so quickly to the market changes. So. I think we need to become more agile and and that's our main job for the years coming and uh, yeah we we already changed a lot of things during covid we changed our tools we we changed the way we work from from home most of time or from from everywhere actually so now we get used to work differently but we used to work like we were working in the 60s i mean we we have still the same number of people on the crew. We have still the same person. We have still the same job. So we used to work the same way we, we did for ages. Right now we are changing all that things. So I think this is very interesting. Then of course, it, it's not the market itself. The market itself, I mean, who can, who, who can, who can know where we are going? We have no ideas where we are where we are going and we are going uh, where we want actually so stories will still remain our core business we need we need the stories more than ever because this is what link uh, people together so when the world is is in chaos we we need stories more than ever and you know that the the entertainment industry is the only one that during a war never stop and yeah. because it tells stories, so it is important for the people to have uh, to have stories. 
that links people together. And when you are linked, then you can survive more easily. So we will still need stories and stories are our core business. Now, what we have to work on is, is to use new tools or toys to tell them. And wow, I, think, I, I think that's what's gonna change everything. I'd never thought about it from that perspective as well about telling stories. I think that really shines a positive light, especially when some of those stories can be possibly not so positive. Um, and I mean, whether that's relating to your career or your personal life, um, what are you most excited about in the future? Ah, <laughs> um, I'm usually excited by the future for 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 one reason very interesting is that the future is what you want it to be. So my future in my head is super cool. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm pretty excited by the future, but um, I think we have challenges right now for the future. We have challenges because we need, we have new tools, we have a, IA, NFT, metaverse, virtual stages, virtual things, data. We have all these digital things that could uh, reinvent completely the way we work. And, um, and in the same time, we human are living on a planet which is um, being destroyed and, and we are more and more separated. So, this is very interesting to work on both sides, and I, cho I choose I choose to work on both sides. I mean, IA and and virtual things are super interesting and super exciting, but I love the human capacities as well. So I, I'm trying. I'm excited, by the way, to link both and trying to use technology to improve the humans. I don't know if it's possible, but. Uh, I will try. <laughs> yeah, no, one can hope. And that takes us really nicely onto our next section. So this is our matters section. And what this will be is discussing our key topic that matters. And we thought that with your role being around innovation and technologies, um, we thought we could discuss the metaverse as we know that you've done some work there. So as the industry grows and develops, new technologies present themselves and they continuously are on the rise one of these being the metaverse. So we'd be keen to understand what your thoughts are on the metaverse and how you think it will change the industry over the next two years. Yeah, I think, um, well, both thing. I think the metaverse could, first of all, will help us to, to reinvent the way to work. And because as, as I said at the beginning, um, we have new constraints. We are working from different places and, different places in the world. I mean, I can work with someone from the UK and in the same time, someone from Germany and someone from, I don't know, the USA anyway. So we need to find places where we could work together, just like we were at the same place. And for that, I mean, Zooms or Teams or Meet or anything uh, are not the, the right tool. So virtual places could be business business places where we could reinvent the way to work together. And this is something very interesting. This is, this is a first point. And then I would say that it could be as well a new place to be creative because inside a virtual place, 
you don't have limits anymore. So you can invent anything you want. You can create in real time some new tools, some new products, some new stories, and, and even create images at the same time. So this is something very interesting in terms of creativity as well. And, and then on the other side, you've got the metaverse for the public, the B2C uh, tool, consumer-oriented, consumer sorry. Um, and, and this is another subject. Uh, this, for, for me, this will come later and uh, we are not ready yet. But yes, I can understand that it's, it's very easy to figure out that you could, uh, you could watch a movie inside a Google inside a, a mask. And, and if you have a super sound and you have a super image inside your, your mask, your, I don't know how you'd say that, a Google or a mask? Possibly a Google, a, a Google. goggles, yeah. goggles, yeah. the VR goggles. goggles, yes, yeah. And, and um, yeah, I, I really think this is something that could happen very quickly. Then uh, imagining, um, a metaverse where we meet people or something like, like a social networks where, where we could meet people and hang around in virtual places. I don't think we need that. So uh, um, I, don't, I don't like the idea to, to work on that point because uh, yeah, for me, it's, a, it's an interesting tool to work, to reinvent the way to work. But for spending our free time, I, I, I will, still and ever prefer um, hanging around in a forest or in the nature or outside. So I don't think we need that. But uh, yeah, that, that could be interesting for to reinvent, for example, the, the cinema business because uh, the cinema business is, is falling. So maybe this is a, a new way to reinvent the cinema. Completely. I don't think it will ever change, or I hope it doesn't anyway, that we all wear goggles instead of going outside and meeting in person. Um, yeah, definitely. Who knows, yeah. though? But, but in the, in the, on, the, on the business side, uh, I, I experimented some very interesting things. For, for example, um, I did my last um, recruiting campaign. I was looking for a, a metaverse project manager so it makes sense but yeah. uh, i did everything all the all the interviews the first interviews inside a metaverse so i was talking wow. avatar to avatar with my candidates and well it was really an experimentation and i'm not very fond of meeting people inside a metaverse or with an avatar okay i'm, I'm not a, a geek so i yeah. really prefer the human um, direct uh, conversation. So it was really an experimentation. And actually, um, what was very surprising is the first thing is that I, I felt some things. I mean, that means um, I had some feelings concerning the candidates because you focus on the, first of all, you, you completely forget the image of the candidates. So the gender, the the color, the where they, yeah. where, they, where they come from, the diversity, etc. You completely forget that, and you focus on the what you are saying, what you are talking about. So on the voice, and then you feel things just like you were in the same place. So it's really interesting because you you are focusing on your intuition, and for recruiting, it's very important 
your intuition is really important yeah. because it's someone you are going to work with a long time. So this is important to feel good with that person. So I, I did feel that things. So that was very surprising for me. And then the, the conversation itself was completely different with a real interview in presence because these young candidates they they used to be shy or you know that they follow a very strictly process to present themselves etc yeah. and in that case they were just asking me so much questions that was completely crazy that was the first time they asked me questions actually because it's usually me who's asking the questions and yeah. and this time they were just asking me a lot of things why why, why this project? What, what are we going to do with that? And they asked me a lot of things about the company. And that was super cool because, yeah, it, it was a reverse process, actually. So we began very quickly to feel comfortable together. And, and at the end of a 30 minutes interview, it was like it was our third or fourth interview because we were very wow. close and they asked me some very interesting questions. And then when we did the interview in presence, it was completely different. They came back to their traditional process, uh, explaining me their resume, and, and that was a, not a conversation, it was a classical interview. And, and yeah, that was really interesting to see how a tool like a virtual universe could change the way we work. And actually I hired the, the candidate that was better in the virtual place that in in presence and i don't think I, I chose her if i didn't meet her before in the metaverse so wow. yeah that, that was a very interesting um experimentation i mean it's fascinating to hear and i think from a recruit perspective it's something which we talk about and maybe in the future all first interviews will be in the metaverse so i mean i'd be keen to understand do you think it was a success interviewing in the metaverse do you think you'll do it again or was it more an experiment no i think it was a success but i, I don't think it works for every kind of um, recruitment uh, because i was recruiting a metaverse project so it makes sense mm. because i was looking for someone um, feeling comfortable in virtual universe actually yeah. So I, I could um, I could uh, look at the, peop the the avatar walking inside. So I was I was looking at the, how how he was comfortable with the with the tool, etc. So that that was really interesting, and and then it's just in like in real life. It was thirty minutes interviews, and we took time to to meet together and. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it was a complete success and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to do it again because um, you can learn things that you don't have in, re in real time, in, um, yeah. in the real world. <laughs> and, and on top of that, talking about diversity and, and inclusion, yeah, the girls inside the metaverse, they were very much more confident. And you know that all the boys, yeah. they were so confident in presence, in real, in real world and and uh, and not that much in the metaverse so that was really interesting as well because that means that in a virtual world you don't have uh, any uh, um, 
behavior um how to say that characteristics possibly uh no the, the way you move you know your 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 posture yes your body your body language that's the one in the metaverse you don't have that so some people told me yeah but do, you don't have the body language but that is the point you don't have yeah. the body language so you have to focus on something different and the boys I mean, sorry, it's not a generality. Yeah, <laughs> but no. usually, the men they know how to handle the body language. They know that perfectly, and not the women. And in that case, everybody is on the same level at the same level. So this this was very interesting. Wow, it's fascinating to hear, and it's a topic that we could talk about for hours, I'm sure. And I mean, on the, on diversity as well, I'm going to hand over to Abby now to give um, a bit of an introduction and some questions around diversity and inclusion. Yeah, thank you for that. So, yeah, absolutely fascinating to, to hear a little bit about how you think that the, the metaverse might influence this going forward. Um, but we always love to have a little bit of a conversation um, around diversity um, within the industry, um, particularly when we're talking to sort of inspirational uh, women such as yourself. Um, I'd be really interested to know um, how you've seen sort of attitudes towards diversity and inclusion change um, throughout your career. Huh. Well, <laughs> I think this, it has changed, but it's still, uh, we are still far from something acceptable. <laughs> so uh, yes, of course, attitudes change because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old actually. When, when I began, I was uh, 25. And so it was almost 25 years ago. And yeah, it was very, very hard. It was tough for women yeah. in, in I was working in IT at the very beginning and it, and it was really tough. I mean, it was a, like a sexual harassment or physical harassment. It was really something I had to fight really with my hands. I mean, <laughs> with, with guys because imagine. In, the, in the sales teams we were, I was the only woman at that time and uh, they were considering I was theirs. So the, it was so strange because I, I don't know if it's because I, the way I was raised or because I was coming from a, a small town in, in French Brittany and not from Paris, but but uh, for me, that was so, what's, that was so, I don't know, <laughs> unbelievable that I, I, I just fight and um, I, I didn't let them do what they wanted to do. But I, could you imagine that uh, what I'm saying <laughs> right yeah. now? I'm yeah, listening so to my words and I'm like, wow. <laughs> And I, yeah, I was fighting, fighting, physically fighting, not to, to let the, the guys uh, touching me. So that, that was something terrific. Um, now it's not, it's not happening anymore. I mean, I hope so. It's, it's, I can't see that anymore. It's not, it's, it's more um, tricky, but, um, but still when you are a woman, it's so hard to, yeah, to access some levels. So that, that's the point we are right now. I think we have yeah. more and more women in, and even in tech, we have more women, but then when you go to the direction committee or le executive level, then we are not so numerous. So this is where we still have things to, to make. But if we still have men uh, taking the decisions on top of, on top, of the top then it's gonna be hard. 
Yeah, no, uh, really interesting. And and following on from that, um, what areas do you really think um, we sort of need to highlight as um, uh, um, and, and help improve when it comes to diversity and inclusion moving forward? Well, I think it, I think it's everything starts at school and and very, very young, actually. And um, and <laughs> I mean, at school for the for the kids, but for the parents as well. So if if you can teach the parents things about boys and, and girls and and yeah, that's that's very important to teach girls that they can do what they want to do, even if it's a guy thing uh, and to teach boys that uh, a, a girl is not is capable as they are so first of all but uh, we need to teach the parents as well <laughs> if we want to go to go quicker um and then and then we need more role mod role model mm -hmm. yeah the, the more we have role model the more it's it's efficient i mean um for for colored people, it's very important to have a role model, and for the women as well, and for everybody as well. Actually, for the gay people, it's important to have people saying that they are gay and and explaining that they work and they are pretty cool mm. with that. So we are role model are very important. No, for sure. No, I definitely definitely agree. And what would your advice be to someone who was looking to to enter the industry? but perhaps felt that they didn't really fit in um i would say <laughs> i would say go for it <laughs> if you feel it go for it and and break the doors and break and yeah be brave and 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 go where you want to be because uh, yeah because there is no boundaries actually so i would push him I love that, and um, and kind of on, on a similar note, how do you think that that sort of imposter syndrome affects people um, still today, and and what can we really do about that? Oh yeah, yeah, I do really. I, I feel um, this syndrome so <laughs> myself. So so I don't know how to fight these things because this is very tricky. This is something that come back even if you think you put it down and then it come back. It comes back. So um it affects people but yeah in the in the way that for example the the uh, as a woman we are not asking for things we are just waiting that somebody give it to us and that's not the way men do <laughs> so, so they ask things so if you don't ask you will never get something so this is something we are not taught to and and so we need to to train we need to train to ask for what we want. And uh, so this is something we need to do. And I think what we can do, and my advice for that is to use hypnosis <laughs> to, to reset our false beliefs, because uh, this is, these are false beliefs that, that were printed in our mind very young. And so I, don't, I didn't find any other way to do it than, than hypnosis. But maybe, love... maybe there is. <laughs> no, amazing. And of course, um, when we're talking about um, uh, inclusion and diversity, we're, we're not just talking about um, uh, gender inclusivity. How do you think organizations can make their workplaces more accessible um, generally? 
Yeah, this is this is not easy. This is really a subject, and and at least right now this is a topic. This is a subject we address. Um, we were wondering beginning of the year what we could do for that, and uh, we we think we need to change the way we recruit actually, and so that means we need to recruit outside of the traditional. Uh, process i mean outside of the main schools outside of because in the main schools you don't have the diversity actually or or very uh, too small amount so we need to change that so this is not um this is not only a what we want to do it, this is a this is something we need to change something which is what we used to do for years and years so this is not easy and yeah. um, and I think I do think that new tools could help us. I mean, uh, if I if I can be more accessible to people from everywhere, then I could be in contact with new people, with new kind of people, and uh, not only with the the main the you know the top five uh, uh, business schools that send us a lot of different candidates and and and. The, you know, I never received any resume from other people. So maybe being more accessible to everybody, because right now this is something we want to, and we we can't we can't reach our the candidates, which is insane. So maybe yeah, maybe it's it's a it's something to reinvent in terms of uh, recruitment recruitment companies. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely a, a really good point there, and um, uh, and, a, and a sort of nice note to end on as well on on sort of how um, how we can move forward with that. Um, yeah, I'll pass back to to Henry because we'd love to to dive a little bit more into into what makes you you as a as a person. No, that was fascinating to hear, um, Marianne. And we can definitely pick your brains afterwards for some tools that we can maybe create ourselves. Some we <laughs> a bit of yeah, a collaboration yeah. there. <laughs> Um, but we have learned about yourself and your career, but we are a curious bunch and we'd love to learn a bit more about you as a person. So we're keen to understand what is your idea of a perfect weekend? My perfect weekend uh, would be a weekend with no work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, uh, maybe um, a, a gen gently wake up um uh, with a um, with a nice breakfast an english breakfast and oh, then yeah. <laughs> and then um in the middle of a, the nature and then uh, a walk with the the sun the sunshine the sunrise yeah the sunrise um just to wake up quickly uh, nicely gently with the with the nature and and then if we could be near the ocean uh, oh, yeah. because I, I really like the ocean that would be really nice i mean it's a a combination of doing nothing spending time with my loved one and and friends and um, have fun being outside in the nature and and having a, a glass of uh, wine oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> with you on that and I'm now handing over to Abby for our quick fire round. 
you know, that sounds like the ideal uh, weekend to me. Um, and, and moving on from that, we always like to ask them um, some more sort of get to know you style questions. We do a bit of a, a quick fire round. So you're going to have to uh, think on your feet um, uh, with these ones. Um, but what do you prefer, the city or country? Uh, it's hard for me to, to choose. Um, I really need country as a refill my battery. But I Love need it. the movement of the city, if not I'm dying. So I can't choose. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And what was the last movie you watched? Oh, the last one was a uh, Kingsman. You know that Matthew, Matthew Vaughn? I love this director. Yeah, he's, I do. He's super smart. <laughs> I love that film also. And then what's your favorite uh, game or sport um, either to watch or play? Uh, my favorite sport was has ever been tennis, but uh, I retired three years ago because I broke my shoulder. So now it's volleyball because my son is playing volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. What would you rather, uh, ride a bike, ride a horse or drive a car? A bike. No hesitation. Good choice. Good choice. Mornings or evenings? I think morning. Used to be evening for 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 a long time, but now I'm getting older. It's morning. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be a morning person. I feel like that's the most peaceful time of day. <laughs> Perfect. And if you could only eat one meal uh, for the rest of your life, what would it be? That would be boring. Um, <laughs> I I don't like this question. Um, well. <laughs> Only one meal for the rest of your life. Wow. Okay, gotta make I think it a good I would one. choose a, I would choose the le, the le pot au feu. Oh. Is it an English one? It's kind of stew with the meat and vegetables. So you have everything. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. No, that's that's a good choice. And uh, if you could live anywhere, where would it be? Definitely near any beach. Beach, beach. Any near the ocean. I agree. I agree. And what's your favorite family vacation? Well, it's it's sailing <laughs> on a boat anywhere. Strong choice. And then what or who makes you laugh the most? Oh, I think it's it's a situation comedy that could be any kind, but I, I really I can't refrain my love when i see a situation <laughs> but the but my best friends are very good at it and the best one is my my youngest sister she's she's so she's so funny oh amazing and then uh, finally for the quick fire round um do you prefer espresso or latte espresso <laughs> <laughs> how did we know <laughs> Uh, thanks for that. It's always uh, really fun to, to get a little bit more of an insight into, into what makes you you. Um, and I'll pass back to Henry for, for our final question today. No, I suspected it was going to be an espresso, Marianne. <laughs> Moving to um, our final question, we always ask each guest this question. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone entering the industry? Uh, well... I would, I would, uh, I would quote someone. I would quote um, René Char, who was a French poet. And uh, well, in English, it's it's it's, it's going to be strange, but anyway, it's uh, he said, 
impose your luck, squeeze your happiness and go towards your risk. Looking at you, they will get used to. Oh, I don't know I if it makes that. sense. <laughs> How does it translate in French? What is it in French? Impose ta chance, serre ton bonheur et va vers ton risque à te regarder, ils s'habitueront. That means that follow your intuition and, and stay happy in what you do and, and take risks and, and then people will follow you. That's the oh, sense. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to have to use that. I might not learn the French version though just yet, but I... <laughs> uh, you, I will, will you will find it. René Char, it's C-H-A-R, is, is very famous. It's oh. an old, old poet, but uh, it's very... Yeah, it's very uh, contemporary, actually. Oh, excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Marianne. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. That was fun. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.